my takes on the Cody Ford trade, and a second episode of Herd Mentality this week is all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder, we are free and available to you on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Well, folks, we got some stuff to talk about today. The Bills made a trade. Cody Ford sent to the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth-round pick. Of course, the news came out like maybe 30 minutes to an hour after I recorded yesterday's podcast, which has become a tradition of Brandon Beans, as whenever I get done recording a podcast, usually eh, 30 or 45 minutes later, he likes to drop uh, some breaking news that I would have liked to have included in that podcast. But the good news about our format is that we are daily, Monday through Friday, and so therefore we never have to wait too long to get a podcast out to react to any of the breaking news. So we're going to start off by talking about the Cody Ford trade, and then I want to get into some more herd mentality questions. I have a bunch more left over. We had a lot this week, and you know I can understand why. This roster is very close to being set, and the season is right here, and so there's a lot on people's minds, and so I want to spend time getting to as many questions as I possibly can. All right, let's talk about the Cody Ford trade. The Buffalo Bills sent Cody Ford to the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth-round pick. All right, so first of all, let's stop there. Fifth-round pick. Those have been pretty good to the Bills. Kyle Williams, fifth-round pick. Matt Milano's a fifth-round pick. Khalil Shakir, fifth-round pick. You know, I think the, the Bills have done pretty well for themselves in the fifth round, so I like getting that back. Oh, by the way, a fifth-round pick is exactly what the New England Patriots got for Pro Bowl guard Shaq Mason from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think this is a very good return for Cody Ford. Now, real quick, I want to reflect on Cody Ford's time in Buffalo. The 38th pick in the 2019 draft, I think we can all agree that he didn't live up to those expectations. He had a tough go. Winds up being a really a, an instant starter at right tackle, platoons as a rookie with Ty Secchi. It's pretty up and down. He got excited about what he could be the next season, but you know he has that, I think it was a shoulder injury. He had surgery on, really couldn't rehab and get himself ready for the next season. Winds up se- suffering another season-ending injury. Moves to guard. Never really gets an opportunity because he's, competing with other guys, having to switch over to right tackle. I think the Bills didn't do him any favors by moving him around so much, especially with a a coach like Bobby Johnson, who it was really his first time ever being an NFL offensive line coach, right? That's a big big task, a a brand new player to the NFL, a high pick, and trying to settle out where they need to play. I I think the Bills didn't do Cody Ford any favors with those dynamics. On top of the big-time injuries that he had and the rehab that he was constantly having to do during the offseason as opposed to just getting better as a football player. So I think those dynamics definitely played into him not 
panning out as the number 38 pick in the draft. He's also mentioned he's been honest about some of his own personal challenges and adversity that he's went through that has taken away some of what he can apply for himself on the field. So there's a lot of layers to it. Now, obviously, this was an exciting year for him because he gets to be coached by Aaron Cromer, and he's finally healthy. This is the first offseason of his career where he's actually healthy. And he wasn't going to start for this team. He wasn't going to start. And so the Bills had their time to assess him, obviously, with Aaron Cromer for multiple months. And they made the decision that we'd rather have the fifth-round pick and we'd rather send Cody Ford to a situation where he has an opportunity to potentially play, right? Arizona's a team that I think needs some offensive line help. You look at Will Hernandez, their penciled-in right guard right now, a very inconsistent player. Cody Ford can push him. He could probably get on the field. And for the Bills, Brandon Bean came out and said it on Tuesday morning. He said, look, we want versatility with our backups. Cody Ford is a one-hole backup. He's a guard only. And so when you look at the makeup of this offensive line room, I think there are six locks to make the roster. Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, uh, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, David Questenbury, and Spencer Brown. I think those six are locks. I feel like Tommy Doyle and Greg Manns are very close to being locks. So that gets you to eight. Now you have one more spot for Bobby Hart, Greg Van Roten, or Cody Ford, right? Only one of those three was going to make the team. And Cody Ford is a one-hole backup, really fights against what Brandon Bean and what every NFL team should want in their backup offensive lineman. And Greg Van Roten, you have a guy that can play all three interior spots, center and both guard spots. In Bobby Hart, you have a four-position player, right? Both guard spots, both tackle spots. Brandon Bean said today that they view Bobby Hart as a four-spot reserve. Cody Ford's a guard only, a backup guard only. Aaron Cromer, in my interview with him a couple weeks ago, which should be available for you to watch now on YouTube, the Draft Network's YouTube, where he says the fastest way to get cut in the NFL is being a one-spot backup. You can't do it. And that's how the Bills viewed Cody Ford. Now, let's see how this plays out. Maybe Cody Ford's going to turn into a great guard, a great starter, and we'll sit here and wish that he was playing for the Bills. But based on these dynamics right now, that's what made sense. That's what played into this decision. I think there's a very real spot that, excuse me, I think there's a very real possibility that Bobby Hart makes his football team. And I know that's a very unsettling thing to say to a lot of people, right? Bobby Hart's been a very inconsistent player in the NFL. He started a lot of games, over 60 starts in the NFL, and a lot of inconsistency. But I think this team likes Bobby Hart. They like the versatility and right, like all those starts came at right tackle. Well, the Bills have now played him on the left side a little bit, and obviously he's been coached by Aaron Cromer. And so if you like the idea of Aaron Cromer and his influence on this room and on this offense, this is part of, of this a decision that he's going to have a hand in, right? So do you do you like that or not? Right. I, I think that should help you. If you're if you're up in arms about the possibility of Bobby Hart making this football team. Do you trust Aaron Cromer and the proven track record that he's had in this league and that there's some type of belief that there's a better version of Bobby Hart out there under Aaron Cromer's tutelage with the opportunity to play on the left side? You saw this with Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams was a right-side player. 
He can play right guard. He can play right tackle. You put him on the left side, he can't do it. I think maybe there's some things that have been unlocked with Bobby Hart that made the Bills feel good enough about what they have in him to move on for Cody Ford for a fifth-round pick, which, oh, by the way, I'll say it again, is the exact same compensation that the New England Patriots got for Pro Bowl guard Shaq Mason. The last thing that I'll say about this trade is it's probably a good sign for Ike Bucker, right? Let's not forget about him. Had the Achilles injury late last year. The Bills re-signed him. They put him on the active pup list. And so after four weeks, they're going to have the opportunity at some point to bring Ike Bucker back. And that's another guy with versatility on the interior. And so you still have a hedge there when it comes to depth on the offensive line. So I think we can all say that we're rooting for, for Cody Ford. Go, you know, earn your opportunity in Arizona, showcase yourself, get a contract. Like, I don't think anybody doesn't want that to happen. But for the makeup of this Buffalo Bills football team, he didn't pro not provide enough versatility as a backup. And now they got themselves a, a draft pick, an extra draft pick next year in an area of the draft that they've been very successful in return for it. Before we get to the herd mentality questions, do want to remind everyone that the Bills play the Carolina Panthers here in Charlotte Friday night. And I'm going to be at Tavern at the Tax tra Tavern at the Tracks, excuse me from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, just come by, say hello. I would love to meet as many of you as possible and uh, always enjoy those opportunities when when I get to be around Bill's Mafia and people that listen to the podcast. So if you want to swing by, say hello. I will be at Tavern at the Tracks Friday ahead of the Panthers and Bill's preseason game from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. LinkedIn has simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into some of the remaining herd mentality questions. I'll get to as many as I possibly can. First one comes from Michael who says, is it my imagination or did the Bills just have a spectacular draft? Although there was no Josh Allen pick, it seems as though we picked a bunch of gems in the rough. Other than Tenuta, we are going to have a hard time cutting any of these guys. Thinking about this, our late draft positions causes us to lose out on the big names the five-star recruits with big self-image picking later causes us to get the William and Mary Villanova guys with a chip on their shoulder, the type that Sean and Bean prefer. All right, so look, we we got a long ways to go before we can talk about what the Bills got done in the 2022 NFL draft. But I sure do feel really good, just like Michael, about what this draft class can be this year and beyond. I mean, this looks like a really good group. Kyrie Elam in the first round, you know, a guy that we view as 
a guy that's going to start for this team. I don't know at what point, but at, at some point he's going to be a starter for the Buffalo Bills. James Cook, an X factor for the offense. Terrell Bernard providing more scheme diversity for the defense overall. Uh, a nice reserve linebacker will help on teams. Can be that third guy on the field. Khalil Shakir, need I say more in the fifth round? Matt Ariza, the punt god, sixth round pick, won the job. Christian Benford is a sixth round pick. Looks like he's going to be at a minimum quality depth, but a guy that I think there's a long-term plan here for him to be a key piece of this defense, and maybe that's at safety. Maybe he's a Jordan Poirier replacement. Then you have Luke Tenuta, who I think has been dreadful this, this preseason. I don't, I'm not high on him. I never was high on him, even when they drafted him. And then Baylor, Baylor Spector, who's played well in preseason, that profiles as a nice, nice depth player that can help you on special teams. And so... There's a lot that needs to play out. These guys have not even played in an actual NFL game at this point, but the early returns on this draft class and where you think it's going to get looks like another stellar haul for Brandon Bean. Vin says, Joe, I have not sent in anything in months because I was recently promoted to management at work. Congratulations, Vin, and I, I have missed hearing from you. Vin goes on to say, and while I absolutely love what I'm doing, I do not always have the time to email you. Anyways, I'll keep this short. Have you ever seen any fan base as excited about its punter as we are all about Matt Ariza? I feel seen right now because I'm literally wearing <laughs> the punt god shirt. I bought a shirt. I bought a shirt for a punter, a six-round pick before he ever stepped on an NFL field. Yeah, I think this is an exciting player. I don't I don't think you often see fan bases that excited about a punter. But I think that's also a testament to where the Bills are as a football team. We're not having conversations about, do we have a quarterback? Do we have weapons? Are we good enough at uh, in the trenches? Those aren't conversations Bills Mafia is having. We're concerned about punters, kick returners, depth, right? That's because Brandon Bean's built a football team that lends itself to these opportunities to care a lot about the punter. For years, it was trying to find a friggin' quarterback and enough playmakers. No, now it's about a punter. We got a really exciting one that's got a lot of skill. It's got a little personality about him. And so we're excited. So to answer your question, no, I, I, don't, think, I don't think anyone's ever been this excited. Maybe uh, Jamie Gillian, when he came over, did he go to the Vikings right away? Like there was a lot of hype there. But, you know, I think this is pretty unmatched. Cody says, I understand the, the appeal and big leg of Matt Ariza. However, I'm finding it difficult to differentiate him from what Corey Bohorquez used to provide us. They both seem like punters who can boom punts, but have very little control and holding concerns. Do you think we can expect more from Ariza than we did from Bojo and his time with the Bills? I think this is a fair question to ask Cody. Here's what I will say that's different between Corey Bohorquez and Matt Ariza. Corey Bohorquez had a significant amount of time on task and sample size that told you what he is as a punter, right? Very inconsistent punter, very inconsistent ball handler. I would say that not just holding, but also catching the ball as a punter. And, you know, I never seen a punter so wide eyed as Corey Bohorquez was at times. And so I think you're willing to accept the variance that's going to come with Matt Ariza and belief in the growth because you don't have a large sample size of inconsistency to point to. With Corey Bohorquez, that sample size was gro was growing, and obviously a guy that punted throughout his career in college. 
just a one-year punter from Adariza. So you're counting on you're counting on that development, and you have a better belief in the development because there's less of a sample size to point to. I hope that makes sense. And I understand where you're going with this. And so far, we've seen Matt Ariza hold for two games. I watched him in two practices. I saw no, no issues holding, right? Maybe that's going to come up at some point. But based on our exposures to this point, we assume that there'd be a transition, and obviously Ariza would need to get comfortable holding. But where has the issues been to this point? We haven't seen any. We haven't heard about any. So maybe he's picking it up just fine. It certainly seems like that's the case. I understand where you're going. Hopefully you can understand how I responded to that. You thought we were done with Matt Ariza questions? No, we got one more. This is a fun one from Nick. He says, over or under 0.5 points for Matt Ariza this year? And then he references extra points, field goals, or trick plays. Love this question. Because obviously Matt Ariza has experience as a kicker. That's what he did at San Diego State as well. So obviously if something were to happen to Tyler Bass, he's going to be really in line to kick, right? And that just happens sometimes. Remember uh, Bill's Panthers up in uh, Buffalo last year, their kicker got injured pregame and all of a sudden they didn't have a kicker. Well, stuff like that could happen. Like We don't want that to happen, but it can't. But I think the, the compelling thing here is I don't know – I'll predictively, I'll say this. I don't think Matt Ariza will score any points as a kicker this year, but I think it could happen on a trick play. Matt Ariza is an athlete, 6'1", 200 pounds, got good size, ran a 4'6", 40-yard dash. He played defensive back in high school. He played soccer in high school. He ran track in high school. In fact, he set the freshman school record at his high school for 100-meter and 300-meter hurdles. So there's some athleticism about this guy. He's not just a puny guy that punts, right? He, he's got athleticism. And so I'll tell you what, Nick, I'll take the over here. This dude's an athlete, and I can see the Bills getting creative and deploying that athleticism to create a trick play. Maybe that's a throw. Maybe it's a run. But I I, I like where you're going with this, and I'll, I'll take the bait. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening now. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Let's get to some more herd mentality questions. Next one is from Zach. Zach says, is there anything that you have heard or seen from this year's Bills team that would leave you to believe that we are not going to be a privileged team like we were last year? I'm really hoping we are not, but seeing some Bills starters dancing on the sideline during a preseason game had the thought creep back into my mind that this team thinks if we just show up, we will win. Please talk me off the ledge and go, Bills. Appreciate the question. First thing that I'll point to here is Look at the way that this team finished last year. I think there was absolutely a, a point in time last year where the Bills were an entitled football team, but I think that changed against Tampa Bay, and I never once had that thought at any point moving forward. So I think, first and foremost, go back and look at that. It changed last year. Secondly, I really don't take any exception at all the guys were dancing. That's just guys... You know, they're friends, they're buddies, they're 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 brothers. They've been battling all camp long. 
They want this. This is just a sign of their personalities and their energy. That's no indication to me that they're a privileged football team. That's just guys being guys, right? They're boys. They're brothers. That shows a, a, a close-knit team that's going to play hard for each other. That doesn't give me any concerns about the mindset of the team. Then listen to the way that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and Josh Allen have been asked repeatedly about the expectations for this team. Brandon Bean continuously reminds us that the Bills are 0-0. Sean McDermott continuously says that nothing is won on paper. This team is hungry. I get that impression. I watched them practice. That was the overarching theme from watching this team practice is that they were dialed in, competitive, intense. Now, they're loose. They have personality. They're having fun, but they're, they're really united for a common mission. So the way they ended last season, the way the team talks, th what we've seen this year so far, listening to watching the DeMar Hamlin mic'd up on the Bills YouTube and hearing Micah Hyde step into that huddle and said, it doesn't matter who's on the field, there's a standard. That's the stuff that I cling to. So hopefully that talks you off your ledge there. Daniel says, if all running backs are healthy this season, do you believe that James Cook will be active every game since he offers more diversity at the position and also has shown that he can contribute on special teams? Will that lead to Devin Singletary or Zach Moss being a healthy scratch on game day? I don't think there's a scenario where Devin Singletary is a healthy scratch. I think he's your starting lead running back. I think James Cook provides an X factor this offense that they want. I think he'll be active every week. Now, where, where it gets interesting to me is the Bills have not typically dressed more than two running backs in Taiwan Jones, right? It's always kind of been it's always kind of been what they've what they've done. And so now that there seems to be a clear path for all three guys now, including Zach Moss into this conversation to help the offense, you know, I can I can see them dressing three. The problem with with Zach Moss is he doesn't help you on special teams. He's never really done that. So Will you dress Zach Moss as a power back? Well, how much of that do you get in Reggie Gilliam? How much of that do you get in Josh Allen? So you have to start asking yourself questions about who you're going to dress based on what skill set you're not going to have and what do you need from your typical depth player? Well, I don't get special teams from Zach Moss. I do have other ways to get the power back. So it's, it's challenging. I think you're more likely to see games where Zach Moss is a healthy and active then Cook and Singletary to go with Taiwan Jones as your three active running backs on game day. Jake says, is there a case to be made about keeping Raheem Blackshear over Taiwan Jones? I know Jones is the better special teamer today, but could that not be Blackshear in a year or two? And I know it's only the preseason, but I feel like Blackshear already gives you more than Jones at the running back position. Realistically, how much longer can we expect to keep Jones in his current role given his age. I'm assuming we wouldn't protect our fifth running back and would hate to see Blackshear get plucked off our practice squad. Ultimately, I feel if we think we might part ways with Taiwan Jones in the next season or two, then I would rather keep Blackshear as the longer-term investment. We would probably save money doing that too. And he could be a depth. He could be depth at running back if we don't hold on to Moss and or Singletary. I understand why you're asking this question. But the Buffalo Bills have to make decisions on what makes the Buffalo Bills the best possible team in 2022. And you have an elite gunner. You have an elite jammer. You have an elite cover of kicks. You have an elite special teams kick return guy on that unit. You're not going to send that guy away. You're not going to. 
And I know that everybody is really high on Raheem Blackshear, and I am too. I'm excited about him. I would love for the Bills to be able to keep him around. I get that. But he's a fifth running back, a fourth running back, something like that. I mean, this is not a hard-to-find skill set. Nobody should be losing any sleep over the potential of losing Raheem Blackshear. There are players just like Raheem Blackshear on other teams throughout the league. And if somebody plucks Raheem Blackshear, good for him. Hopefully he has more opportunity because right now it's not going to be there for this Buffalo Bills team. And Brandon Bean can't be concerned about two years from now your RB4 when you have a really good ideal RB4 as a special teams guy in a big way right now. A leader, right? A guy that's worn the C on his jersey. So I know that Raheem Blackshear is the shiny new toy, and there's a lot of intrigue there. But it wasn't long ago everyone was oohing and on over Christian Wade or Antonio Williams, right? Like these guys are a dime a dozen. And, and look, I, I know that's hard for me to sit here and say that I respect and enjoy Raheem Blackshear and also say that, but that's just the reality of positional value and the way the NFL goes. And so I encourage everyone to root for Raheem Blackshear, hope he can get back, but please don't lose any sleep over this. Please don't lose any sleep over this. The last one comes from Jock Doc, who says the team lost, uh, excuse me, the team looks great and seems poised for a special season. What has impressed me is even with the shuffling of 80 players into multiple sets and squad groupings with multiple new coaches, it has come off like clockwork. No apparent sideline or formational confusion, as can be seen with many other teams. McDermott is running a tight ship and everyone is on board. Thoughts? 100%. 100%. This is the big takeaway. I, I've had so many opportunities to reflect on my two days at Bill's training camp and obviously being around the team for several days and, the, of course, the preseason game. And I said it on this podcast. I've said it on the radio. I've said it in staff meetings that we've had at the Draft Network. Every opportunity that I've had to talk about my overarching impressions of what I observed, it wasn't about any one player. It wasn't about schemes or how guys are being used. It was about how this team was dialed in, and exactly what you're saying. I mean, you are uh, you have a focus group, like you said, 80-plus guys, knowing where to be, knowing what group they're on, dialed in, right? This is a well-oiled machine. Sean McDermott runs a really, really tight operation, and it's not because he's you know this hardo, right? He's a dude that is a great leader that people want to follow, and because there's been success, because the things that he's done is working, you have an expectation. You have player-driven leadership. You have an entire group that understand the standard and show up every day for one another, not just for themselves or because they get to play in the league. It's for each other. It's for this city. Everybody gets it. And so this team is focused. They're on a mission. There's a lot of purpose. They're competitive. And they're a well-oiled machine. And Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit for this product right now. A lot of credit. And I think that is a very impressive thing, especially hope you guys are watching other preseason football. You have formational issues. You have guys that are unsure if they're supposed to be on the field for special teams as, as games go along. I've always said this on the podcast, and I'll say it now. I encourage you guys to watch as much football as possible, not just because it's an amazing game, but because it helps you have a good perspective on the Buffalo Bills. And if you're going to sit there and invest all this emotional energy into the Buffalo Bills, you need to understand what, what, what normal is. And I think that will help you have a better perspective on this team. And I'm not calling anyone out. I'm, I'm certainly, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm trying to advance something that I've said for years. Watch, go, go watch some preseason game this weekend and pick a team and pretend they're the Bills and put yourself in those positions so you can kind of get a, 
a sense of, wow, yeah, that happens to the Bills. Or, oh, man, that would, the Bills would never do that. I think it just would really be helpful for a lot of people. All right. <laughs> hopefully, that, hopefully that sunk in the right way. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Got a couple more episodes coming your way this week. We also have the, the very informal uh, meetup at Tavern at the Tracks, Uptown Charlotte, Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern time to 5 p.m. Eastern time ahead of Bills Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, so would love to, for as many of you to stop by and say hello as possible and uh, would love for as many of you to come back tomorrow for the podcast. So make sure that you're subscribed. would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.